and welcome to Unknowable, the podcast where we talk about all things mysterious, unusual, or unknowable. I'm Justine. And I'm Gray. This week, we are talking about the disappearance of Sneha Ann Philip, a doctor who was living in Manhattan and may or may not have died during 9-11. Yep. Very interesting case. So I knew nothing about this until we were basically every week that we were... Or couple weeks we record usually like at the end of the episode or in the couple days after one of us is like hey what are we recording next right if if any of you thinks that it's like meticulously planned it is not no um but it's good because we sometimes things come up and sometimes they're timely but sometimes it's like this where gray is just like hey he literally just sent me a link (laughs) to an article about this and i was like oh shit i had obviously heard about people going missing in the aftermath of 9-11 but i had never heard about this particular case so i think i i you know very on brand for me but even in my like off time when i'm not researching unknowable i am just constantly trolling the internet and wikipedia and like various subreddits looking at missing person cases and just seeing what kind of like what draws me in and yeah. this is something i came across i want to say it was somewhere on reddit um but i saw just like the little teaser like oh women you know, who is recorded to have died on 9-11, but maybe she skipped town the day before. Mm. And I mean, we'll get into the details of it, but I was like, huh. And that was enough of like a weird thing that I had never heard of before. Cause you know, obviously 9-11, like there's so much, we do an unknowable episode on 9-11. Oh yeah. On like the, you know, did the people who are purported to have, um, hijacked the planes and flown them into the towers. Did that really happen? Right. Did George Bush do 9-11? Who knows, you know? Oh, yeah. There's I mean, many theories abound. Yeah, that's like too much. That's that's a, it's a kick in the hornet's nest without even like getting too deep. Oh, yeah. I've already it's, probably offended somebody or somebody thinks I'm a sheep. I was going to say, I feel like even just saying that there are other theories, we aren't saying we subscribe to those theories. We are just no. saying that they exist. They exist. Um, yeah, I think there's... um. Well, there's a bunch of stickers around Portland, but there's definitely a few stickers oh, yeah. stuck up on like stop signs around Portland that are like Bush did 9-11. Yep. Um, yeah, there's, and we could, I mean, for that matter, we could do an entire episode on people who went missing, presumed to be just like this woman presumed to be right. a victim of the 9-11 catastrophe, but maybe weren't uh, people who were like nearby, but didn't work in the buildings or didn't have reason to be in the buildings who have never been found um fun well okay wow not fun fact not fun. I, I default to that whenever i say a tidbit but yes interesting uh, fascinating interesting tragic fact is that there's something like a thousand people um who have not had any physical remains found who were Jeez. thought to be victims of the world trade center collapse that's Which crazy. I there's what like three thousand or like a little under three thousand people died. Yeah, so I think um, we'll get into these details a little bit, but I think that thousand must be part of that three thousand, I believe, because I think there are a lot of people that probably a lot of people who actually did work in the buildings. Um, that there's no other reason why they would think they died anywhere else. So maybe they didn't literally find a body, but like they were working that day and in all likelihood they were there and, and died. Um, so I'm assuming that's that that wild. thousand is not an additional thousand, but that it's part of the 3000, but that's, 
I did not have any idea it was that big. Just thinking that like potentially a third of the people who died in 9-11 have never had their remains recovered. That's um, crazy and as awful. Yeah, it's horrible. And part of it is because, you know, the building was on fire and there's certain temperatures at which fire burns where a body would just be incinerated. And mm-hmm. I don't really know how all of the DNA process works. So I don't know. I don't know if there's just literally nothing left to test. Um, I know there was a little bit that I read about related to this case that they do have, like there are items that you could have on your person that may survive the fire when your body would not. So I believe they still have quite a few items that have yet to be identified as to whose they were, hmm. which I would think would be tough. And if it was something really specific and like customized, they could probably oh, yeah. pin it to a certain person. But like, if you had like a Rolex on, I don't think they're going to be able to necessarily right. tell unless it was like, again, like some custom made Rolex or had your initials carved in it or something like, right. It's just going to be, they're never going to know. So, but yeah, I didn't know it was so many, which is, just tragedy on top of huge tragedy because there's already so many people who lost loved ones. And then to think that there's potentially a thousand different families that didn't even have any ashes or remains to bury. Like they just, I believe people had the option to take um, like a jar of ashes from ground zero. Jeez. But you know, that's like, yeah, it's terrible. So dark. That is dark as hell. It's really dark. So I don't think for vis- uh, for listeners, I was going to say visitors, uh, <laughs> listeners, that I don't think we need to clarify what we're referring to with 9-11. I'm pretty sure even if you don't live in the United States, you know what 9-11 oh, yeah. was. But like briefest explanation if you really don't and you should go read about it if you don't. Yeah. Um, basically a terrorist attack in New York City that was uh, the World Trade Center, the Twin Towers, was crashed into by two planes, right? Mm-hmm. And tragically, many people perished in this attack. Yeah, like Gray said, just under 3,000. So, Jeez. Um, yeah, we're not going to go into it more than that because, like I said, I feel like pretty much all of you know what we're talking about. But oh yeah, if you don't, go check it out. There's going to be a zillion things for you to read. Yeah, a ton of rabbit holes with 9-11. Yeah, also a lot of rabbit holes. So it's kind of like the the JFK assassination of the 21st century. Yeah, all yeah. roads lead back to 9/11. Right. Yeah, it's true. It's true. So this particular case. So Sneha Philip. Yep. Born in India, lived in Syracuse originally. Mm-hmm. Um, met her future or would be husband Ron Lieberman at Chicago Medical School in 1995. They began dating, eventually married in 2000. By all accounts, they were a very happy couple. Um, They were both medical hopefuls. They had uh, secured internships in New York, him at Jacoby Medical Center and Philip at Cabrini Medical Center. And um, Hmm. yeah, like she, it seemed like they were really psyched about their future uh, medical careers. She even took a year off, it said, and traveled Italy so that they would graduate at the same time. They were like pumped. Must to be, nice. be doing what they were doing. Yeah, I know. I was like, dang. Dang, took a year off of medical school to go to Italy and then yeah. just resumed medical school. Damn. It's wild. It's wild. What a life. Yeah, she, uh, Philip was a third year resident in internal medicine at the time of her disappearance. So, um, 
yeah, the two of them lived in a one-bedroom apartment on East 19th Street, if you are in New York City and you're familiar with that area. Um, lived close to her brother and her parents, like hour away or so from her parents and closer to her brother. And it was in this very apartment that Lieberman last saw Philip after he kissed her goodbye on September 10th, 2001. Yep. Very sad. Very sad. So, yeah, as it goes, uh, basically he went to work, kissed her goodbye. She had the day off, so she was just hanging at home. She had plans to, like, clean and go shopping. Um, Talked to her mom for a couple hours. It said electronically. A couple of the articles I read said that they were talking on, like, some type of instant messenger type of thing. Hmm. Um, I thought about it, and I was like, wow, that might have actually been, like, instant messenger. Right. It probably was, right? It was 2001. Early 2000s, yeah. AIM. Damn, that's weird. Wow. Yeah, so they were, like, chatting on AIM. And, um, yeah, talked for a couple hours. She said goodbye to her mom around four, said she needed to run some errands. Um, oddly enough, during their conversation, she apparently mentioned that she was planning to visit the Windows on the World restaurant on top of the nearby North Tower of the World Trade Center, where a friend of hers was going to be married. Yeah. And she didn't, I don't think she said she was visiting it that day, but just that she had plans to go check it out. Right. Um, she went and dropped off some dry cleaning. She went shopping at the Century 21 department store, which was just uh, a few blocks past the World Trade Center. Um, there was security footage from the Century 21 department store and Lieberman's credit card, his American Express card, uh, show that she bought apparently like $500 worth of stuff, which seems like a lot to me, but maybe that's normal for them. Right, like doctors. Doctors in New York City, I'm sure. Right, like... If they're living in Manhattan, too. I mean... Yeah, that's true. She, like, got some clothes, some shoes, lingerie, like, some bed sheets. Um, Yeah, spent, like, over 500 bucks. And she's seen on camera leaving the store with two large bags. Um, If you Google, like, where is Sneha Phillips, you can find a picture from the security footage. It's just her, like, browsing a coat rack type of thing. Right. Um, kind of eerie. Yeah, it's freaky. Like when you, one of those things that like just seeing that of anybody wouldn't, it's not a freaky picture, but when you know what happened, or I guess you don't know what happened, but when you know how things ended up, it's creepy to see because you're like, oh man, that's like the last photo of her ever. Right. The one thing that hit me with this too was like, you know, talking about like, oh, this all happened September 10th and like September 10th, 2001. And to us, that's such like a loaded date. Like, oh, wow. Like, you know, they're less than 24 hours away from 9-11 happening. Yeah. And like to us, it feels so like poignant. But to her and everyone else in New York City, it was just like a normal ass day. Oh, yeah. Um, It was like a relatively safe time to be living in New York City. So this is all going to come out of nowhere in the next 24 hours. But it's like, you know, we, we ascribe all this like special meaning to everything that she's doing. And for her, it was just like a normal day. Yeah. Totally normal. Shopping, yeah, like she just, I just was just picturing, yeah, like he left for work and I'm like, oh yeah, she was just hanging around the house, like, yeah, cleaned up, chatting with her mom, which I thought it was really cute that she was talking like on AIM with her mom. It was nice. Right. And that's horrible. Yeah. And then just like, oh, gonna go shopping, hang out, you know, come home that night. But no. Um, Yeah. One of the store employees later reported to have seen her with another female who has never been identified, has never come forward. Um seemed like from the description, like similar age to her, possibly Indian as well. Um, 
but no idea who she was. The husband didn't know who she might have been. Um, and yeah, she's never come forward to give any details, but the footage that we just mentioned that you can see the photo of, there's no woman with her in that. And um, the footage where you can see her leaving the store, she's not with the woman anymore. So hmm. if it was a friend of hers, it was somebody that she must have met. Or I believe the shoe store actually was a, well, I don't know which store they have her leaving with the two bags, but the shoe store, I believe I read was like a different thing from the department store. Like it right. was in the same little area, like walking distance. Um, so who knows? Maybe she met up with a friend for part of her shopping trip. I don't know. Um, hmm. So Lieberman, the husband returns home at midnight, finds the apartment empty. So instinct for me is like, wow, that's weird, but super weird, super weird. Right. But he didn't really find that that weird. He seemingly was more annoyed than anything else. Um, yeah. It, from what it sounds like, he was like, oh, she would routinely not come home yeah, until like was, the morning. Exactly. He was like, if anything, he was just like preparing to talk to her the next morning about like, Hey, can you please just give me a call if you're not going to come home that night? Right. But he wasn't worried. He wasn't, it wasn't at all. Like he got home at midnight and was like, Oh my God, if I came home at midnight and Nate wasn't here, I would yeah. freak out. Oh yeah. Um, instant panic. Yeah. Instant panic. Like I would like my blood would run cold. I'd be like, Oh shit. But he was not worried. This, you know, context is everything with stories like this, with cases like this. It, if you just heard that, that would seem like an instant red flag. But for him, yeah, it was just like, oh, she would regularly go out after work. She would go to a bar and that wasn't a huge deal. Um, so he went to bed by himself. September 11th, next morning, he woke up at 630 and saw that she still wasn't home. Again, he was not immediately concerned. He assumed that she spent the night at her brother's who again lived close by um, or a cousin who lived nearby. She did that on occasion. So again, not altogether weird. Um, by 9am, he was in a meeting at Jacoby medical center. And at this point, this is right after the first plane struck. So New York city is like chaos. Mm-hmm. Um, the world train center North tower was only two blocks from their apartment. So he freaks out. He's calling home He's calling her mother. He's calling her brother. And then he finds out that none of them have heard from her. So now he's like, oh shit. Shit. What the hell? He just assumed she was with family to some degree or that she had talked to family, you know, that she just wasn't checking in with him. But no, she's nowhere to be found. Um, apparently he was able to use his medical credentials and get a ride home in an ambulance from the hospital, which from what I read took six hours. Jesus. I don't know exactly how far Jacoby is from their apartment to begin with, but because of just the chaos and traffic being stopped and streets blocked off and unable to traverse. And I think it said like they were essentially going against the traffic. Um, right. It took forever. So he gets home. The uh, doors of the apartment built like the complex or whatever they lived in were electronic. And because I guess there was no power because they were only two blocks away he couldn't even get in um so he had to like go sleep at a friend's house i'm sure he really didn't sleep right and go the next morning um the window had been left open so dust from the towers had like accumulated throughout their apartment which is also like the Oof. creepiest fucking thing i've ever something heard something you never think about with 9-11 just the yeah. dust the dust like toxic awful yeah cancerous dust 
Oh yeah. I remember watching a few videos and just seeing like the rolling cloud, like I wouldn't even call them clouds, like waves of dust just barreling down these streets, like shattering windows. It was insane. Right. Um, so yeah. So because of this dust throughout the hole, like coating every surface of the apartment, they, he could tell that she had not been back to the apartment. There were no human footprints. Uh, they had two kittens, so there were like little kitten tracks, but there were no human footprints. Which that was a that was a, a poignant little story, like anecdote about that too. Like I was very like thinking about coming home and seeing like like the kittens' footprints, but like not seeing human footprints, and like that being how you know that she never came home. Yeah, that's wild. I know. Like, were it not for the dust, you would have no. Like, she could have popped in, and you wouldn't know. Right. Um. So I guess at least you, he knew for sure she hadn't come home after that point. That was like eight 45, I think in the morning that that all started to go down. So it's possible she could have come home in between him leaving for work potentially and that happening. But, um, yeah, so no immediate concern that she was in the tower. She had no reason to be in the tower. Um, but he kind of had this nagging thought that, if she was walking home that morning, again, that two blocks away is very close. Um, right. So what if she was nearby? She was walking home. She saw that something was happening and her medical training kind of kicked in. And so her instinct was to go assist. Um, so doing just some preliminary uh, research by looking at um, Google Maps, I think the place where she worked, like the hospital she worked at was north of her house while mm. the world trade center plaza was south of her house interesting so i don't i it's i guess it's possible i'm sure she knew what was going on within minutes or an hour of what happened but mm. um i don't think she'd be like close enough i guess i don't know how fast the sound would have traveled and whatnot but i guess maybe if she was i don't know it's just it's just strange that she didn't return home first before going to work because presumably right. when she left, she wasn't like dressed to be a doctor. Do you? Right. And I don't know. Hmm. I mean, it's possible. She, so the day that she went missing, she had the day off. I don't know what her schedule was the day on 9-11. If she was even supposed to be at work. So if like, if the thought is that she, yeah, I guess it seems weird that she would just go straight from wherever she ended up the night before. If, if we'll say that she ended up at a bar and stayed at somebody else's house that right. she would have even been going to work. Maybe she didn't work until later in the day or didn't have the, any work at all. Right. Um, so I guess the idea was that maybe she like assuming she was somewhere close to home and was just walking home. So she was kind of like in that general vicinity. Right. Yeah. I don't know. There wasn't really anything. I didn't see anything about where she was supposed to be on September 11th. Hmm. So I don't know if she was supposed to be at work or not. Um, so yeah, his, his thought, he just like was assuming like shit, if she was close by, she would, she probably would have gone to help. Right. Um, so yeah, so she's missing. They end up doing two investigations. So one of the things I didn't even think about was that, <clears throat> so now she's missing. It's like in the midst of September 11th here, like by the time he gets to his apartment and she's not there, this is now the day after, right? Cause he took the ambulance to his apartment on September 11th and then right. spent the night somewhere else and then got to his apartment on September 12th. So obviously city is still just reeling from this. Oh yeah. Um, 
And so now he's kind of in like a terrible position because I mean, missing people are notoriously tough to like investigate and police don't always necessarily jump to like, I don't know, to go find the person, you know, like they're often wanting people to wait a little bit longer. So we've already got that. But then on top of that, we've got September 11th and there's thousands of people. Presumably more like if the death toll is slightly less than 3000, presumably in the first 24 hours after nine 11, that number was probably thousands and thousands you know what oh I mean? yeah, I like think just people missing. Like it turns out that yeah. they weren't actually involved in 9-11 or whatever. But I'm sure there was a lot of people unaccounted for who were unable to get home or went to go help or various other things that happened that made them break their normal routine. So I'm sure yeah. there were there were just so many people who were like missing. Yeah. At that time. Yeah, I can't remember now what the number was, but I did see something about that where it was at least double the Jeez. number of actual fatalities were people that were reported missing and it said that they were able to whittle through them fairly quickly. Cause some of them were like hoaxes. Some were again, like obviously very quickly found. Right. Um, but yeah, it was a ton more, like at least twice as many people. So yeah, if we're talking 3000 confirmed, then that's like at 6,000 or more. All of a sudden you have missing persons cases instantly. Jeez. Um, so he's kind of fighting against that. The police aren't necessarily jumping to find some person who's missing unrelated to mm-hmm. 9-11. So one of the stories actually, or several of them actually said that um, he like went to, there was some, you know, there were all these spots in the city where there were um, news people with cameras that were wanting to talk to people about like, you know, people who had flyers, people who were looking for their loved ones. And right. the news was eating that up. They wanted to show that, to, you know, get the word out there as for as many people as they could. And the husband, Lieberman, he said something about how he got the attention of a cameraman. And as soon as they saw that she went missing the day before, they were like, oh, never mind. We don't want that. We're just oh. looking for 9-11. Um, so the husband ended up calling the brother to see, like, can you come down here and maybe just twist the truth a little bit? And so the brother came down and actually lied and said that she like he had talked to her on the phone on September 11th and that she had said something about like how she had to go help Hmm. and now they don't know where she is so because they wanted just to get her flyer and her picture on the news like just hoping they could find her right um and I think the husband said later that he kind of regretted that because he was like maybe if we had told the truth like it would have helped in the investigation if they had not thought that she definitely went missing at, you know, somewhere by the towers, but that it was a separate case maybe. Right. Um, Cause presumably they could check things like, I don't know, like, um, security cameras going out of the city or right. Like, I don't know, buses or like trains yeah. or whatever. Something. Hmm. Yeah. So I think, and but I, I could see, I mean, if that, if that was me and I really didn't want to just get lost in the shuffle of everything, like I can see, why he did it. I don't fault them for doing it. I mean, no. for all he knew, she did go missing at the towers. Like he didn't know that she didn't. Um, so yeah, so two different investigations were conducted. So the first, because he was having a hard time getting the attention of the police, he hired a private investigator, Ken Gallant, a former FBI agent, which initially presumed that they were unrelated to the attacks, um, her disappearance. So 
They found some evidence there was a call from the home phone at their apartment to Lieberman's cell phone around 4 a.m. So hmm. Lieberman said that he doesn't remember, but that he probably woke up at four and like saw that she wasn't there and was checking his voicemail. I couldn't huh. remember what, like, I feel like I just barely had a cell phone at that point. Right. So I, I can't remember. No, like I do remember that being a thing, but I thought like that you could check your voicemail from your cell phone still, but maybe it was just easier to call from a different phone. I think like the mechanism on old cell phones was like you, it, it seemed like a native app that you would check your, uh, voicemail with but it was actually just a mechanism for dialing out to check your messages mm. i think or maybe yeah. they like were stored externally so you could like call in from any number to check your voicemails oh yeah because i do remember that being a thing that you yeah you could like call your own number and i feel like even that was a thing you did on the phone like you were technically calling your number and then if it was like i don't know you could yeah you put in your code remember you put in a code oh no, you yeah, probably don't yeah. remember that i but, don't remember that because i was 10 years old <laughs> yeah, you were. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Jeez. I mean, I was only 14, but. Yeah. Also, you dropped my first cell phone in a days old smoothie. Okay. And it shorted out the day I got my first cell phone. Yeah, this is a story that Gray likes to tell. So, yeah, we were side sidetrack here. <laughs> yeah. We were. Didn't we like we had just gone to the cell phone store? We were like, at I the was AT&T like, I was, store. I was at school. So, like, you and mom came <laughs> oh, to yeah. pick me up right. after getting the cell phone while I was at work. Was that really your first cell phone? Very first cell phone. I was oh so God. excited because I knew you guys were going to get it that day. Wow. Yeah. So we must have been going to the store. We must have gotten me a phone and gray. And it wasn't mm-hmm. my first phone because I had like a, you know, one of those little chunky Nokia phones Yeah. as my like first, first phone. But yeah, that's right. We were coming. We like literally just went to the AT&T store. We picked up gray from school and then I had like a smoothie that I had, you know, finished much earlier in the day that was sitting Gray's like think, making yeah. such a face right now. Oh, <laughs> He's so mad still. So this mad. This was so long ago. And it was a total accident. So the smoothie is in the middle mm-hmm. console, you know, where you'd put in the cup holder. And it just, the phone just happened to slide like into the smoothie. And it like, I yep. feel like maybe it's just my memory exaggerating, but I feel like I remember there being like a spark. I remember like a spark and a puff of smoke. And I was like, well, that's great. <laughs> we went immediately and got you a new one. Yeah. Like it, it wasn't was like principle. It wasn't like, fuck your phone. You don't get a phone now. It was well, like, oh shit, we got to go back. I don't even think it was immediate. I think it was a couple days later. No. If my no memory way. serves correctly. I like remember us going back and being like, we did something stupid. And like the guy being like, wow, you guys are idiots. <laughs> and you were just like too angry to speak. Hey. Gray's still mad. Still mad. That like I wish school. you guys could have seen him like rolling his eyes just now. Like, <laughs> fuck. It's fuck crazy this. to think like kids having iPhones at five years old. And I oh, was, I know. what, like a sophomore in high school when I got my first phone? Yeah. I know. I remember it being like such a big deal to have one. Back in my day. Back in my anyways, day. Anyways. Anyways. Yes. So. There was a call from the home phone to his cell phone. So to me, that does read like, yeah, he called his own phone to check his voicemail to see, hey, did she call? Um, But the more interesting thing is they found security footage from the apartment building lobby, timestamped 8.43 a.m., which was three minutes before the American Airlines Flight 11 crashed into the North Tower. Hmm. Um, And within, I guess, Lieberman said that like the 7 to 9 a.m. time frame was usually when if... Philip did stay somewhere else the night before. That's typically when she would come home is between seven and nine. Right. Um, so 
the footage showed a woman enter the building. She waited near the elevator and left after just a few minutes. They speculated that whoever that was, they were possibly waiting for the elevator and then heard a like loud boom outside and went out to check it out. Hmm. Um, they, of course, poor contrast on the film. This is 2001 as well. Light from the sunlight in the lobby. You couldn't really see her. It was like silhouette sort of, but the hair and the dress were consistent with what she was seen wearing in that Century 21 department store tape. Um, hmm. And her family said that the woman in the tape exhibited similar mannerisms, but she wasn't carrying the shopping bags that she presumably would have had, or the two big bags that were she's seen carrying. And her husband couldn't, like, he just couldn't say for sure that it was her. Right. So, hmm. that, if that were true, that would support this idea that she, like, was about to come home, heard some shit go down, went outside, and was like, oh my god, went and helped, and maybe died. Um, right. But it doesn't answer the question of, like, where the hell are those bags? Right. Because we're presuming that if the shopping area was near the Trade Center and the Trade Center was two blocks from their house, she's not driving. She's probably not even taking a cab. Hmm. So, but there's nowhere else. Like, it's not like she parked her car in the parking garage and left her bags in there. And, like, why would she? Well, so we're going to get into one of the the potential explanations for what could have happened but um she could have those items she purchased the lingerie and the shoes and stuff she could have been buying as presents for somebody that's true so she could have given them to somebody whose house she stayed at that night and very true it could have been at their house still that's true could have been the woman that was with her at the store right right that, like was they were shopping together and she was picking stuff out and then maybe she bought the stuff and yeah but we'll get to that um so this PI checked out her hard drive. There was no evidence of any plans to leave her old life, you know, to run away. Um, right. They found her glasses, her passport, her driver's license, and all of her credit cards. She only credit card she had with her was that American Express card that she used. Hmm. Um, which Lieberman left open just in case any attempts were use, made to use it, but that never happened. Um, so this private investigator and Lieberman eventually just concluded that she had to have perished in the attacks. Um, there wasn't evidence of anything else. So later the New York city police delved into her life a little bit and did their own investigation and they found some potential details of a double life. Hmm. Um, so of course her family would like to believe that she was a hero. She died trying to save lives. Um, but I guess there was some info about her life that showed that possibly she was spiraling a little bit. Right. Um, so it was said that in the spring of 2001, just months before this, she was told that due to, quote, alcohol-related issues and continual tardiness that her contract with the hospital she had been at before um, Cabrini was St. Vincent's Hospital, that they were not extending her contract, so she was fired. Hmm. Um, and then shortly after that, she was arrested. Um Apparently she was at a bar with some fellow interns and I couldn't tell if it was one of the interns that supposedly groped her or another man so. at the bar. I think it was an intern. Cause I, I want to say it yeah. referred to her accusing a coworker. Right. So some dude she was with supposedly groped her and there was an investigation and charges ended up being dropped against the man and instead flipped and filed against her for filing false complaints. 
They told her that if she just dropped the charge that she, um, you know, just recant the story and you'll be fine. But she refused. And so she spent the night in jail. So see, that sounds fishy to me in terms of like, you know, it was 2001. It was the pre the me too era. Mm. So this is like Harvey Weinstein at his height. So I'm sure that a man could have groped her and the cops would take the man's side. Oh and yeah. Yeah. That whole, that whole line of like, Oh, just recant the story and you won't get in any trouble. Yeah. Sounds like you're trying to coerce somebody to recant a story that is probably true. Exactly. Yeah. Just so, saying. and it, it just ends up making like, it's proof to me that, you know, when you read about like some of the articles literally just worded it like, Oh, she was arrested as a result of an altercation at a bar. That makes it sound like she got into a bar fight when yeah. really some dude probably like grabbed her butt or something. Mm-hmm. And she rightfully was like, fuck you, dude. Right. And of course the police were like, nah, he didn't, he said he didn't do anything. And right. so clearly you're in the wrong here. Right. And I highly doubt that like, why, if you're, especially if you're like training to be a doctor, presumably you don't want anything on your record. If that really didn't happen and she just had like some grudge, why would you not just recant your story then if that was really the case? And right. make the whole thing go away. Her refusal to recant and to spend a night in jail instead with charges against her now means to me, I mean, it didn't take that for me to believe her anyways, but that especially right. makes me believe her that like, who would do that? Right. Unless it really happened. I guess devil's advocate is maybe if she indeed was spiraling and was, you know, having problems with drinking and maybe, Maybe she did get into an altercation at a bar. Maybe she did get in a bar fight. Maybe she was drunk at a bar and um, maybe she perceived some guy was being creepy and it didn't happen. Or maybe a guy was being creepy or I don't know. Maybe like maybe she was potentially just in a bad state of mind. It was lashing out, I guess is possible. It would right. it would make sense that if she was drinking and tardy so much that she actually lost her job and or internship that there would be other sort of like physical manifestations of that. So. Right. Yeah. It was, I don't know. It was unclear from the timeline. I'm pretty sure that this bar situation happened after she was fired. I think, but I'm not totally sure this could have been right before she was fired, but either way, these two things happened very close together. Right. So she was not in a great place. She, Ended up getting another internship um, at Cabrini. Oh, damn, now I can't remember which happened first. St. Vincent's might have been second. Dang it, she... It's not really important. <laughs> she got let go from one of those two medical centers. Right. Um, but at the new internship, she was also having issues. Um, supposedly, she was suspended for missing a meeting with a substance abuse counselor. Um and then, according to the investigation, her and Lieberman were having some marital issues. Um, it was said that she was potentially exploring her sexuality, in quotes. She would spend nights out at various gay bars in New York. And according to Lieberman, she would often go home with other people that he didn't know. Um, hmm. He maintains that there was nothing extramarital going on. Um, she went to these lesbian bars because she didn't want to be groped, which had already happened. Right. And that if she went home with women, it was just to make art or talk. I don't know whether to like part of me wants to be on the side of like not every interaction that people have is sexual in nature. And right. yeah, she's going to a lesbian bar cause it's probably way 
funner than going to a straight bar yep. because there's just creepy dudes everywhere. Mm-hmm. And at a lesbian bar, there's not going to be hardly any of those creepy dudes. And, you know, women are much, I mean, not that there aren't creepy women, but there's right. much less of them. And, you know, she was just there to like have a good time and to have some drinks and not worry about like being sexually assaulted. Right. But then there's part of me who's like feeling like maybe somebody is a little naive if they're like, oh, my wife is just going home with lesbians and just making art. Like he, in one of the quotes he talked about, she came home the next morning, like covered in paint because she had like gone home with an artist. And I was like, really? Hmm. Paint wear on her body. And that's why I was saying maybe the, you know, the lingerie and shoes and stuff that she bought could have, and like bed, bed linens or whatever. Maybe she was potentially seeing, you know, if it was like an artist in New York city, sure. That artist was not wealthy and maybe she couldn't afford to have like these, fancy bed linens and like lingerie and stuff like that. That seems like a very, those are very intimate things to buy. And so either she was potentially buying them, you know, to wear the lingerie herself to seduce somebody or as a present for a girlfriend. That's what it read like to me. Maybe it definitely could be. And for the record, no, we're not passing any judgment on what she was doing at the bars. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just, information that was being used as potential evidence of marital issues that if she was, you know, it doesn't sound like from him defending the fact that she was out and he seemed to have an issue for sure with her not like updating him on her whereabouts. That is, you know, that would be concerning for anybody to not know where your spouse is, but seemed like he did potentially have an issue with her going home with strangers, but Ultimately, he defended why she was going home with them. She, He didn't seem to think anything was happening. It didn't come across like they had this open relationship. So right. I would think that if she was going home with men or women for reasons besides just art or talking, um, that he would not have been happy about that. So potentially, if there was any suspicion that that's what was going on, that may not have been evidence of a happy marriage. I don't know. It doesn't mean that somebody that goes home with somebody... to to legitimately just talk or make art that doesn't mean that they have an unhappy relationship but if there was something more going on or suspected right maybe there's this lack of trust happening or he's just annoyed that like she just keeps disappearing i don't know right so um yeah and then on the morning of september 10th the day that she went missing she had been formally arraigned on the criminal charge and pleaded not guilty and some accounts say that her and lieberman fought loudly at the courthouse afterwards about these drinking problems about her nights out, um, which ended with like her walking away and him going home alone. So hmm. those are some of the reports. Some of that was like dug up by the New York police. Uh, Lieberman himself, as well as some of her family, her brother and her parents dispute much of what was supposedly found. Right. Um, they say she was fired from Cabrini, not because of alcoholism, but because she had been a whistleblower. She complained about racial and sexual bias Um, the hospital, of course, later told a reporter had no evidence of any formal complaints by her, which a sounds guilty as hell, but B there doesn't need to be any formal complaints. It's possible that she had been talking about planning to file a complaint or planning something else. And they might've just been like, you know what? She's drinking a lot. Um, (laughs) you know, it's an easy way to shut somebody up. Yeah. I mean, even the. I feel like a lot of that stuff could be fabricated. It's very possible. I mean, that would be far from the first instance of somebody being pushed out of their job because they were going to make trouble for the 
whatever the employer was. So that's what the family says. Um, And Lieberman also said that her drinking was a temporary phase. He said, by his account, it seems like the drinking started after the firing, not before. That that Hmm. was sort of like a temporary self-medication that she was kind of helping to ease her through this depression that she was experiencing from being fired. Um, And he said they didn't fight outside the courthouse at all. So the police even spread a rumor that she had slept with like her brother's girlfriend. I think it was. And like the brother was like, no, that never happened. That apparently the detective who said that as part of the, the New York police, like he net the brother never even talked to that detective. So wait, 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 you mean to tell me that a police officer would fabricate evidence against somebody? I know it's fucking crazy. That can't be true. Their theory was that because, so because I don't, I didn't remember seeing exactly when this actual, because again, the private investigator investigation happened first. um, And then this police investigation happened later. So I don't know how much later this was, but the family and Lieberman suspected that the police were potentially exaggerating and fabricating things to kind of make up for like the lost time. Like they were trying to like find some crazy shit because they had failed to really do their job initially, which one of the few cases where I'm not, I'm definitely not a person who thinks that the police are like the most competent group of people necessarily, but not to offend anybody or maybe I don't care. I don't know. Um, (laughs) But in this particular case, I can at least excuse like, Again, they literally had several thousand missing persons reports in the span of 24 hours. I can't totally fault the police for not putting their all into this as much as I would love for the police to always be able to like pour every resource into every case. I understand that that's not possible, especially in an instance like this. So, right. But I can see the other side of like, this is your loved one who's missing and you're distraught and you want Mm -hmm to find out what the hell's going on. You want to find her or find her killer or find her kidnapper, whatever it might be. Right. So I can see both sides of this. Um, but anyways, there was like a whole bunch of conflicting stories and things that the family denied. Um, and essentially like, it seemed like the police were trying to spin it like, well, she had all these issues. She was alcoholic. She got fired. She was depressed. She was maybe sleeping around like essentially blaming the victim in a sense like clearly something else happened to her because she was like getting all this trouble um so yeah they didn't essentially didn't find anything they were basically just like yeah we don't know what happened but we don't think she died in the 9-11 attacks we think something else happened but we don't know what it is (laughs) um so yeah they initially um petitioned to have her declared a victim of the attacks with a surrogate's court but the judge denied the petition. The judge suggested it was equally possible that she intentionally disappeared or was murdered. Um, but they ended up yeah. still trying. They brought it to a New York state appeals court. They cited a similar case that had been accepted. Um, like a similar story where some dude like worked near the trade center. He, I think was like a um, involved in like, the volunteer fire department or something like that. Like he had a similar job or like passion in his normal life where it would have been very plausible that he would have gone and helped victims as well. Right. And that case was accepted. So they cited that case and um, the court overturned the initial ruling. And in January, 2008, seven years later, almost 
Um, she was declared the 2,751st victim of the Twin Towers collapse. Yep, and her name is on the 9-11 memorial. It is. It's on the memorial. Um, yeah, this judge still agreed that there was not enough evidence to fully prove it, but that it was the most likely answer to her disappearance. Um, her lack of preparation, again, like they didn't find any evidence that she had like a planned escape of her life and that there had been no other evidence surfacing about her disappearance if it was unrelated. So they essentially they were just like, we don't fucking know, but sure. Close enough. Yeah. It, it seemed ultimately like the husband and the family understandably needed like this community aspect of their grieving, like having this common tie with other families of nine 11 victims was something that they really needed. I'm sure in addition to, I mean, if I had the choice, if you went missing, if Nate went missing, like anybody that I love went missing and the choice was either that they got murdered or that they died a hero. Of course I would Mm -hmm. want to think that they did their best to help and that they died. Of course. Noble cause. Especially when it's so likely too. Right. I mean, it really is. If I would think even an average person being near there might I'm sure there were lots of people who died helping. Um, But especially if you were trained in the medical field, that's, you know, that's kind of should be what your instinct was, was like, Oh shit, I'm going to go save some people. Right. Um, but yeah, the family on the anniversary, the first anniversary of the attacks, they went to a memorial in uh, Poughkeepsie where her name was read aloud as part of a tribute to local victims. Um, a few days later, the Phillips held a small ceremony at a church near their home where they buried an urn filled with ashes from ground zero. And a few hmm. months after that, they put up a plaque at the community college where uh, Sneha's mother and Sue works that just had, you know, her name and her, um, the dates that she was born and died. So Lieberman said he really only wanted closure. His, he wanted his wife's name to be added to the official memorial, which it was. Um, he had filed a claim with the victim compensation fund, but like he wanted to create a memorial fund, but the fund at that point or very shortly after had been all paid out and closed up. So he didn't get any money. Um, it really didn't. I mean, I have to think from everything I read, typically one of my theories would be that the husband maybe had a part, but judging right. by everything he did, I really don't think he had anything to do with this. I don't think so either. That was like, not a vibe I got. No, like there was, what was it? Oh, I think when they found the, um, some of the footage, he like was, it was him and that private investigator that were like in, it, it described it as like being in like a empty room with just like a TV and a VCR or whatever, just like right. rifling through footage like hours worth just to find like a glimpse of her in the store. I just Jeez. don't know why you would do that. If you knew what happened, like, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I, I agree. Just, I, I never once got that vibe, which is weird. Cause I always get that vibe, but there was not like a yeah. part of me that thought that it was the husband at all. No, I, in my opinion, I feel like there's kind of, there's kind of two avenues. Either there's the sort of, accepted sort of like narrative where she was coming home from a night out or whatever, or coming home from work or I don't know, whatever she did the night before. Yeah. She was coming home or was just in lower Manhattan and heard the nine 11 attacks happen. And she went 
to help and was vaporized, mm-hmm. for lack of a better word. Yeah. Option number two is that, you know, there is, I want to say that there's compelling evidence that she did maybe have something going on behind the scenes where she was dissatisfied with something in her life and was maybe, you know, having this awakening where she was realizing that like she was maybe not straight and was out there exploring, like being with these creative people and potentially could have, you know, formed a relationship with somebody. And what if just by coincidence, September 10th, 2001, she's talking to her friend or her girlfriend that she's been seeing and they're like, let's just run away together. Let's just go live together. And like, we can like run away from New York city and get away from all these like toxic men and like to- get away from this toxic environment where she was just fired at work and stuff. Mm. And maybe they just drove and left that night. And then, you know, the morning of September 11th, they were in Pennsylvania or Maine or Vermont, or, you know what I mean? Like, right. Um, she could have escaped and then all that stuff happens. And then, she gets declared dead and she doesn't exactly want to counter that narrative and come back and say like, Oh, Hey, actually I just left you guys. Maybe she thinks it's more comforting for her family to think she's dead than to think she's living with whoever off somewhere else. I don't know. It's just the more you get away from it, the more it's just conjecture. But I I do feel like it's, it's a, it's a distinct, it's not, there's a non-zero chance that she did, just run away and it happened to be September 10th. Well, yeah, that's, I mean, essentially like when this case gets boiled down, there's, there's essentially three theories either. Yeah. Like you said, she went and helped and she died in the midst Mm -hmm. of the chaos. She was out the night before and it's just a coincidence. She did get kidnapped. She got murdered and it was completely unrelated and just horrible timing. And again, like the lack of police, attention you know they talk a lot about like a lot you know evidence typically needs to be found pretty quickly if you want to find it at all so like if the police were delayed in investigating the case right maybe they missed what little evidence they could have found and they're just never gonna know you know she people get murdered in new york that's not an unusual thing right um and yeah like i said it just happened to be horrible timing um or, yeah, she saw the opportunity to cut ties and just run away. Um, so one of the things that potentially backs up this third theory, which I say backs up, it really doesn't back it up, but it kind of brings it back to mind, is um, there was a postcard. So anybody listening, if you don't know, there's a oh, website yeah. called Post I Post-Secret. honestly forgot about that. that was Did you really? Kind of what, that's kind of what, like prompted this whole story and i literally forgot about it until yeah this i like i was just thinking like wild. man i hope i'm not stealing gray thunder right now and you're no, like oh yeah shit. yeah <laughs> um, yeah the so there's a website post secret um yep. is it just postsecret.com or is it org i think it's postsecret.com damn it i can't remember either way it still exists it was created by a man named frank warren who started this as an ongoing community mail art project in 2005 um did you figure it out? It's just postsecret.com. Okay. Postsecret.com. Go check it out. So the whole premise is that people mail their secrets anonymously on a homemade postcard. And Frank chooses selected secrets to share on the website every Sunday. Um, once it gained popularity, there's also like post secret books. There have been like museum exhibits. 
Um, it's fucking fascinating. It used to be a website that I would check every week. <clears throat> I haven't in years, and I actually like forgot about it until this case. And I like went and looked because I'm like, oh man, like that was a good time. Like man, what a good run. And then I looked, and I'm like, oh shit, the last secrets were just posted on the 23rd. It's still going. It's um, still a thing. It's super fucking cool. Like the secrets are can be anything. I mean, some of them are really deep and dark, and some are silly. Some are really sweet. Like I remember when I used to look every week. I feel like most weeks I would end up either like laughing at one or crying or like <laughs> thinking about it for the whole day. Like yep. there was always at least one where you'd be like, whoa, dude. Um, and so I don't know what year it was that this secret was sent in, but there was a secret sent to post secret that was kind of like, so people would get creative with their postcards. They weren't often just a blank postcard. There would often be like, something they drew or a photograph included or something. Um, right. And this one kind of had like a picture of like a sort of like an illustration. It looked like of the twin towers or like a bad right. photocopy of a picture. Like it looked like with almost like a burned look to it. Like, right. Like a singed look. Definitely. Yeah. And degraded. above that. Yeah. Yeah. Degraded. Like, yeah. Bad photocopy is a good way to describe it. It's kind of just, Yeah. And above it, it said, everyone who knew me before 9-11 believes I'm dead. Which is insane. And so there's always part of me that realizes, like, you could send in a secret. You could make anything up and send it in. It doesn't oh, yeah. have to be real. There's no fucking fact checkers. But that sort of, I think, made some people think, like, oh, shit. Mm -hmm. Somebody could, especially, like, if they, I mean, there's all kinds of stories of people who were supposed to be at work that day who missed it just even by a few minutes people talked about like you know i was supposed to be at work i called in sick last second i yep. went out with friends and i just didn't make it i got stuck in traffic like a zillion create i mean you could just read all day about people who either were supposed to be at work and didn't make it or weren't right. supposed to be at work and were or weren't supposed to be in the building so it's not impossible that somebody was assumed to be in the building, assumed to be dead and was just like, you know what? This is my chance mm -hmm. to just fucking go. Right. Um, so for me, that third theory I think is potentially plausible. Like there wouldn't, the fact that they didn't find any evidence of her planning to leave doesn't really mean anything. She didn't necessarily have to plot it out to be thinking about it and talking about it with somebody else in person. Right. Um, and maybe she had been thinking about it and thinking about it and was like, I can't do this. I can't do this. And then that happens. And like, what if she was just like, this is it. I'm fucking going. Yeah. Like, this is the, uh, this is my opportunity. Yeah. Like she knew that she lived close enough. She knew it might be assumed. Maybe she wasn't sure if she pulled it off at first, but then like if she saw, you know, news reports or articles or whatever about what her family and her husband were saying. And she was like, Oh shit, they totally think that I died. Like, I'm just going to go with this. I don't know. It, she did from the articles. It did seem like she was very close to their parents, mm -hmm. which is one of the things that makes me think maybe not. Yep. Yeah. Because, that's the only thing for me. Right. Like I don't really know what her relationship with her husband was like. I, as much as I don't think he did anything to her, I do think that especially, if 
if Nate and I were having like horrible marital problems and then he went missing, I'm probably not going to like publicize that fact just because you don't want to like soil the idea of somebody. Right. You know, and like probably too, if somebody went missing or died, you aren't remembering all of that bad stuff as much as you would the good stuff. So the fact that he's like, oh, we weren't really having issues. Like I didn't think she was cheating. Like things were fine. Is that true or not? I don't know. Right. They could have been having a rough time. Um, so I don't know. I mean, maybe she just, you know, and he didn't have to have done anything wrong they could have just not been that compatible. They had only been married for like a year and a half. Right. She could have been kind of wrestling. Like he could have been a beard almost to like, right. If her parents were conservative and like weren't into the idea of her being, you know, gay or not straight in some way, then like maybe she married him for that. And then, was clearly, I mean, I think clearly, like from what I can tell, it seemed clear that she was exploring her sexuality from whatever the reports say. So at least there was some questioning there. So I guess it's possible that she had been questioning it and maybe, you know, potentially if not, you know, like cheating on her husband, maybe she was like emotionally into the idea. And then the morning of 9-11 comes and you know, maybe they had already left or maybe, yeah, like she just sees the opportunity like, oh, I can, like we can run away together now. Like they probably think you just died 9-11. Yeah. You know? Right. Like just, it. yeah, it's, it's not, unle- I don't think it's impossible that it was crazy timing, that it was just like, yeah, either they had already left or she had been talking about it and then took the opportunity that morning and to be like, oh shit, I'm just, you know, this is chaos. I'm just going to go. Nobody's going to find me in the midst of this. It, it really just could have been crazy timing. Um, right. But yeah, it's like, it's a fascinating thing. And again, the same thing with the timing like that, that could also apply to her having been murdered totally unrelated. She, who knows? I mean, again, New York city, one of the articles said that some of the bars she frequented weren't like the best, like safest places to be. I don't right. know where she was hanging out. Again, I am not saying this in any way to like, justify if something did happen to her like oh she shouldn't be at those bars i'm just saying right i mean it really any place might not be the same like people creepy people hang out everywhere oh yeah you don't need to be at like some seedy cheap crappy bar in a sketchy part of town to have something happen to you plenty of crazy things happen she could have been at like a super swanky bar and it would be like just as likely in my mind that somebody would have like taken her home and done something to her um So that also could have just been wild timing. Like maybe she really did get murdered totally unrelated and they're just never going to know because they didn't have the resources to investigate it. I Um, actually saw that there's only one recorded homicide unrelated to 9-11 on 9-11. Seriously? In New York City. Yeah. One person. One? Holy shit. Yeah. All right. So, but that's one confirmed. One confirmed, right? Like again, all those people, I mean, who knows? Dang. Yeah. So I think, yeah, it, it's a weird thing. Cause it's like, you can't, you can't necessarily assume that she planned it. Cause obviously nobody knew that nine 11 was going to happen. So it's not like she right. was like, we're going to, I'm going to go shopping and get this stuff the night before. So we're all ready to go because nobody had any clue. So right. if there was a chance that she was wanting to escape, then that really was just like, maybe just the push that she needed. Like she couldn't do it. Couldn't make it happen. And then that happened and she was like, I got it. This is like my one shot to go. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. And I think it's sort of like a false stereotype in a way 
that for somebody to want to escape their life, like it doesn't mean that they hate the person that they're with or that they're like being abused or miserable necessarily. Right. It just means that like, that's not the life for them. Right. Um, exactly. So it's not like I think her husband was like some horrible dude who was beating her or something and she had to get away. It could just be that that just wasn't what she wanted. Um, I don't know. And then, but yeah, she's fucking gone. And it's insane. She's gone. I still think that as much as it would have to be horrible to have somebody be murdered and to know it, I almost think that somebody going missing is worse. I really do. Uh huh. I would rather know, I guess I would just rather know the truth. Like that's, yeah. that would be the most comforting to me to be able to know for sure. Yeah. Just to know, I mean, on this, on that note, like her parents have said that like they, they would rather think that she died in nine 11 than think that somebody killed her. But that's between right. those two options. You know, if I had to think that somebody I love was murdered or that they were just gone, it's not that I would want to think of them being killed. I just would rather know like, yep, they're definitely dead. It's horrible. And you'd be angry the rest of your life, but at least you would know that they weren't like out there somewhere. Right. But I just don't know how hmm. you'd ever get over not knowing. Right. I don't think you would. She could be listening to this episode right now. Fuck. That's creepy, man. But it's true. She's so could. wild. She really could. She, yeah, I don't know. This like, this particular story makes, has me feeling a lot of things, honestly. Yeah. It's like a weird one. It's, it's amazing to me. Like if somebody, I feel like a lot of people, if they just like heard like, oh, there's a, if there was a podcast about nothing but missing people, I feel like I know some people who'd be like, that sounds boring. It's like just the same story over and over, but missing person's cases are always totally different. Fascinating. Yeah. Like utterly fascinating. And yeah, we could do an entire, we could do 10 years worth of like weekly episodes and not cover all the missing person stories that there are. No. Oh my God. There's so overwhelming. Many. Yeah, and it's crazy to think that there's just that many people that just vanish. Um, but yeah, there's no... I guess, And I guess really in the same vein of like thinking that she did disappear, there was no evidence that she ever like withdrew any money. And mm -hmm. again, no credit cards. She didn't have any of her stuff on her. Right. So you got to think if she did disappear, if she did intentionally leave and took advantage of the chaos. She must have really wanted to go because that would have been a pain in the ass because she didn't have any money. She didn't have any credit cards. She didn't have a license. She didn't have her passport. Didn't even have her fucking glasses. Like she was going to have to go and reinvent herself essentially. Right. Because she didn't have any of her shit. She couldn't go get it. Like she was just completely like lost in the wind. So right that kind of speaks to like, if that was the case, that was a pretty desperate situation for her because she was just like, fuck it. And again, she left her family. Right. Um, never to have contacted them again, presumably. Yeah. Never to speak to them again. And you know, is there some slight chance? Like maybe she wasn't as close with the parents. Maybe you mentioned it's possible. They were very conservative. Um, right. maybe she didn't feel accepted by them for any number of reasons. Right. Maybe she was really close with the brother and maybe like there, I mean, there could be people in her life that do know where she is mm -hmm. that who, I mean, maybe the husband was conservative too. Maybe he didn't 
like maybe they talked about, I don't know if I'm into men, maybe I'm into women as well, or maybe just into women. Maybe he wasn't accepting of that. Wasn't, I don't know who knows. And maybe she just didn't feel like she was welcome in that, those people's lives. And she decided like, you know what? And maybe her brother did or her cousin or somebody else in her family. Maybe they did accept her and they know where she is and they, I don't know. There's like a zillion think about too. Yeah. There's a zillion options for this and it's insane. Yeah. But that's, that's it. That's the whole story. That's we're all in the same boat now. Yeah. That's, that's it. So yeah. Wild story. So we would love to hear if you listen, what, what do you think happened? Do you think, she truly did go and help and she died in the towers collapsing. Do you think she had an unrelated crime happen to her and she got killed? Right. Or do you think she just disappeared? Did she turn your life somewhere? Yeah. Is she living happily somewhere else now? We don't know, but we hmm. want to know what you think. So tell us, let us know in the comments below. Let us know in the comments. But um, some other news before we talk about our social media is we've got an idea or we, we got an idea from somebody for yeah. Patreon. Um, Patrick Kennedy, shout out to you, is a, our newest, actually our second newest patron. Um, and then we've been looking for some ideas of some patron only episodes that we can do. We were wondering... Yep what do people want to hear? What would be a special like treat episode that we would only release to patrons? Yep. Um, and he had the great idea. We have been talking basically the whole time we've done this about like, how Mm -hmm. cool would it be to talk about episodes of things or movies? Gray has mentioned before, like we should watch a movie like Mothman prophecies is a great example of a movie related to an unknowable topic that we could like watch the movie. Unknowable adjacent movie. Exactly. And Patrick Kennedy had the idea of that, that maybe we could do like talk about X-Files episodes that had some unknowable aspect and talk about why we love it and what we think of it and how it ties in with other topics. So we are considering doing that. We are actually going to be recording some type of patron only episode of an unknown topic as of yet, but we're going to figure it out. Um, this weekend. So we'll potentially have something available within the next week or two. So if you are a patron, get excited. Right. And if you're not a patron, you should become one. If you want to hear us talk about cool X-Files episodes and movies. I know I'm excited to hear us talk about (laughs) various X-Files episodes. We basically bring up the X-Files in almost every episode, but this will be like an episode of just, just the X-Files. It's going to be cool. Which is going to be awesome because it's going to require that each of us watch the episode again because, mm-hmm. you know, you remember like a good chunk of it, but you don't remember everything. So we got to like watch it and talk about it. It's going to be awesome. Um, right. So we will post about that on our Instagram as well and probably even give some info about like which episode we will do just to get you guys psyched. But um, if you were considering right. becoming a patron and you've got a little bit of money every month to spare that you could use to support us. You will get some awesome exclusive episodes that nobody else will hear. Now is the time. Now is the time. So yeah, keep an eye out for that. Uh, check us on Instagram at unknowable podcast. Uh, check us on Facebook where we're not as much, but you can still find us. We have a page and a group. Um, 
and check out our Patreon because we over there. We, we are there. in the process of getting uh, new shirts made with Gray's design. So that's going to be a mm-hmm. thing. We are potentially getting a knowable lighters, <laughs> like yeah. big lighters with the same design. It's going to be sweet. Um, oh, yeah. So if you want in on that and uh, yeah, hopefully just some cool stuff coming soon. Some cool merch, maybe probably some stickers too. It's going to be sweet. It's a whole new era of unknowable. Exactly. We're <laughs> only 50 episodes in. Did it take us <laughs> to get like a, a real, like another shirt going? Um, look. look, yeah, it's been a long <laughs> life is years. busy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we already have shirts and sweatshirts available. If you want one, check out, um, loudmouth threads. He is the awesome artist that did the design for our shirt and our sweatshirt so far. He's amazing. So go mm-hmm. check out his store. You can get one of those. They are super comfortable and awesome. But yeah, otherwise that was episode 50. 50. It's a good one. 50 episodes. We should have done something special for our 50th episode. I know. Bro. Dang it. We're so, <laughs> this is like what, when we, we first started this, neither of us had kids and yeah. now both of us do. So like we, I feel like we struggled keeping up with shit even before. Oh, like yeah. you think that you're busy and we're like, oh, like I love doing the podcast. But we just like have no time. We'd always talk about like, man, like we could make something so crazy with this. We could be so popular if we just like put time mm-hmm. into it. We're like, we have no time. And then we both had kids within nine months of each other. And now we're like, oh shit, we really have no time. Whatever time we thought we had, we definitely do not. Yeah, it's gone now. So we're trying, we're getting there, but episode 50, super awesome. Keep an eye out for the Patreon and let us know what you think. But yeah. Yeah. That's about episode, it. Episode 50 of Unknowable. Unknowable. Love you. <laughs>